the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Judeans gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Can you name your top five favorite Easter hymns or songs? Can you even name five? I bet if I asked you to do the same with Christmas carols, you'd come up with a long list. How many Easter albums do you know by favorite <laughs> well-known recording artists? Yet it seems everybody makes a Christmas album doesn't matter if you're Christian or Jewish, agnostic or church-going, Barbara Streisand, Karen Carpenter, Frank Sinatra, Michael Buble, they all sing of Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, and Son of God loves pure light. And yet Easter is the principal Christian feast, the real deal. It may surprise you to learn the two Easter songs that I want to talk about today. They're not Jesus Christ is risen. It's not thine is the glory. They're both in our readings today, believe it or not. And with David Brackley talking about church music in our forum this morning, it seems a great connection. But back to Christmas for just one more minute. After all, wasn't it a couple weeks ago on Palm Sunday that it was snowing and it felt like Christmas Eve in a way? Or the Sunday after Easter when I was doing a wedding reception and it was just kind of sleeting and slopping in my face as I walked from the reception. So the Christmas carol, God rest ye merry gentlemen, you'll recognize that phrase, tidings of comfort and joy. We sing when our hearts are broken with sorrow, and we sing when our hearts are full of gratitude, tidings of comfort and tidings of joy. And that leads to a shepherd song in our readings and a lamb song. Those are my Easter picks for today. The first one, Psalm 23. I bet you didn't pick that for your favorite Easter hymn. Yet Psalm 23 always appears on the fourth Sunday of Easter. And it's the ultimate comfort 
psalm. Vicar Noah did his first funeral last Monday. Now, the family were not churchgoers, but had been baptized Lutheran. But when Noah read Psalm 23 at the grave, he could see that some of the people were moved. Now, I don't think Noah sang the psalm then, but remember, the psalms are the songbook of the Bible and the songbook of the church, and that's why we sing them every week. For centuries, Jews and Christians have found solace in the words of Psalm 23, a shepherding God holding us close, leading us to still waters, anointing our head with oil, spreading a table before us. And who among us doesn't need some comforting? Some of us today may be mourning the loss of our mothers or other parents or holding another grief or disappointment. And the constant news barrage of shootings, another this week, or endless corruption, unsettling to say the least. Some newcomers to Chicago from New York City Tell me how much they welcome the slower, more relaxed pace here in Chicago. Yet others who live right down the block tell me how glad they are to be moving to Indianapolis because the neighborhood is so stressful and intense. Everything is relative. They also went on to tell me that many more dogs are treated for anxiety in the big city right, than in the suburbs or small towns. Think of it, the loud sirens, the horns honking, not the pastoral scene of Psalm 23. It can make me on edge too, I have to admit. Yet there's one thing I know, we will always be carrying some kind of hurt or sorrow, always longing for comfort and Psalm 23 is the Easter song we sing when we walk through the dark valley. And here's the second Easter song in our readings. It is truly the Easter song of the church. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain. Blessing and honor, glory and power and might be to God and the Lamb. It's the Lamb Song we sing during Easter and at other times. We call it, This is the Feast. And let me tell you, Lutherans love it. Some people even think that Lutherans invented it. <laughs> because in the 1970s, it became an option to glory to God in the highest in our liturgy. And it took off. We know and love at least three settings of it. And other denominations started putting it in their hymnals as well, this lamb song. The text is right from Revelation. We've been hearing these verses the past few weeks in our second reading. And as much as some people are spooked by the book of Revelation with its weird images, or as much as some Christians use it to stir up fear about certain people being raptured up from the earth, the best songs in the Bible are in Revelation. 
and they've been turned into many of our favorite hymns or anthems like Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. One of my colleagues, her spouse, is Roman Catholic, and when he first went to a Lutheran service and heard them singing this, this is the feast, he was mystified. He said, what is this lamb song that seems so triumphalistic? Lutherans sing it with so much gusto. I hope you're wondering the same thing right now. Now, the music is stirring, I admit, but in Revelation, the text is meant to be anything but militaristic. It's the opposite. The apocalypse, what we call Revelation, uncovers the truth of the Roman Empire of that time. One theologian says that these heavenly songs, these heavenly hymns, were meant to move the people to political resistance. Only God is the Lord. Today, the author might say to us, or people of every country, don't salute a flag, don't pledge allegiance to a state. Power and might belong to God alone, not to the Roman emperor, not to any imperial power. Which leads to the lamb. The word used in Greek is, suggests little lamb or lambkin. Jesus is presented in the most vulnerable way possible as a lamb who was slaughtered. So much of all that I'm saying today comes from inspiring work from our own Barbara Rossing, who teaches New Testament at our Lutheran seminary in Hyde Park. She talks about lamb power. Think of that strange juxtaposition, lamb power, as the way of nonviolence amid structures of empire, power, and domination. Therefore, when we sing, this is the feast, it could not be any more countercultural. Jesus, the crucified and risen one, reaches out to those most vulnerable, those most marginalized, those most in need of comfort. My sheep hear my voice, he says, and no one can snatch them from my father's hand. Two more very cool things about this lamb song that we sing. This lamb song includes all creation, including non-human music makers. What an awesome thing, what a good thing to sing this week in which we heard more news of the grave risks to Earth's biodiversity and the severity of extinction of growing numbers of animals and plants. Sing with all creation the song of the Lamb. And then there's that great multitude, that great multitude of people singing. Some people wonder why we sing so much in Lutheran churches. Well, here we go. Singing is the best way to express what can't be said with words alone. And here, the song of the Lamb includes people from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language. It is the great multicultural, multi-ethnic people of God 
that we sing about in this lamb song. One Cuban scholar compares the image in Revelation to mestizo literature addressed to people of mixed cultural heritage. And finally, in our reading today, the great paradox in Revelation, the lamb of whom we sing, this vulnerable lamb, this crucified God is our shepherd, the risen one. This one is our comfort. This one is the joy of our hearts. This one is the one who shelters us with loving presence. This God of whom we sing shares our tears, leads us to the water of life, and now spreads a table before us. Indeed, this is the feast of victory for our God. Amen.